oh my god, that was a weird and wonderful time we had stuck in the warped time dimension. Uh, we were only there for what seemed to us like five seconds, but it may have seemed like several months to listeners at, um, back in the real world. But don't worry, we're back and here to stay. Ha! <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh, no, but we did, when we did come out of the time dimension, we did actually manage to see what happened to E3, which was uh, an E3 that uh, not one particular manufacturer won, not in my opinion anyway, but one that a publisher and developer won, and that would be our good friends at Capcom. Um, Capcom came out swinging, um, and they actually ended the E3 with a big one that kind of people were kind of expecting, but um, maybe expected a little bit more of. But uh, we'll get into all that uh, when we start really getting into the, the meat of things. Uh, so obviously it's uh, me, myself, Dave here. I'm I'm doing the intro this time for our uh, returning episode after a wee hiatus, and with me is uh, Johnny. Hiya. And of course Liam. Hello. Hello. So. Um, so that's our wee intro. Obviously, uh, we are uh, the RPD podcast crew. Uh, we're back. Hopefully, we're going to be back on the schedule again. Um, as I say, we're on a little bit of hiatus, but all back to normal now. So uh, I don't know if like, we want to kind of go over like what we've been doing just very briefly. Um, uh, anything that we've played or anything that we feel we uh, need to mention before we get into the, the real meat of what we're doing here, which is going over the Capcom showcase um, and at showing it well, what is effectively E three this year? It wasn't really E three, but um, everybody just regards it as such. So start with uh, with Liam. Uh, is there any any kind of games that you've played in the last couple of months, or anything that you'd like to say gaming related that maybe we've missed out on? Um, well, obviously I've been playing Elden Ring, but other than that, I've really not been doing too much. Mm. Um, I actually. Uh, Sent away, obviously, my PlayStation to go get modded. You're buying my PSIO off me, and I'm getting an X station installed, which is basically they're, they're both the same thing. It's they achieve a different means to an end. But just to clarify, that's an original PlayStation, right? You're not modifying a PS5. Yeah, I'm sending off my PlayStation 1 to get a, it's a, a PSIO switchboard put in. Which yeah. allows the PSIO to work, and then an in-game reset mod, which allows you to reset the PlayStation from in-game when you're using the PSIO. Like when you lose it, Tekken Two. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fuck this, and you hold down all the buttons, and it resets. That's right. That's that definitely did not happen at my platforming. Didn't happen at least once. So, hmm. that's good. Uh, but yeah, uh, Johnny, anything you've been playing over the last, apart from Elden Ring? Uh, I think we've all been playing Elden Ring. <laughs> Yeah, I've been playing a bit of Stranger of Paradise, uh, and it does have, unfortunately, port issues again uh, on PC. But I don't know if we should blame SE for that, or if we should blame Koi Tecmo for for spending too much time making a better game. Yeah, well, that's. I think that's. I think we know the real answer to that. (laughs) I mean, Nomura can't be blameless, surely. Well. That's true. Apart from that, eh, what was I playing? Turtles, obviously. Turtles, Shredder, yeah. Shredder's Revenge. Played that this weekend. Absolutely battered through it. Um, and the Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak demo, which we'll, we'll touch on uh, shortly. Mm. Uh, what about you, Dave? What have you been um, playing? I have most of it. Like, I went and got an Xbox Series X because I, um, I was peer pressured into it. Wait, you mean an S, right? That is, uh, yeah, that's uh, 
that is absolutely the case. I was definitely peer pressured, and it wasn't just a spur of the moment purchase when I was drunk. But you know, whatever. Um, so I've just been doodling with Game Pass with that, um, finding wee smaller games like I've tried uh, Cross Codes, uh, a couple other indie games I can't remember the name of. Tetris Effect Connected, fucking brilliant, really great experience, very engaging, very engrossing, really grabs your attention. And um, also Slay the Spire, which I think I believe I've came to about a year late. Uh, if not more, uh, I, I know most other people have played it already, but uh, my mate Paul, um, who we've mentioned a couple of times previously, installed it on a PS5 after my flat warming, and uh, I just spent an entire morning watching him play it, and now I'm hooked on it, and I can't stop playing it. Um, on top of that, Bravely Default 2 on the Switch, and uh, the upgrades for uh, the Resident Evil 2 and 3 for the PS5, which I suppose we'll probably talk on uh, a wee bit, uh, but I don't know if we've all kind of had the same even keel playing of it, but we'll find out soon enough. So I guess we'll just start right on, um, which is with the Capcom um, showcase. Uh, I don't remember exactly when it was. Johnny, do you have the date there? It was five days ago. Five days ago. So that would have been... 14th of June. 14th of June. That was a Tuesday. Tuesday night it was. Uh, last Tuesday night. Um so it was on at 11 o'clock at night? 11 o'clock. For um, us, yeah. Yes, for us. For us, um, surfs and Universal Central Time. Um, so uh, previous to that, Capcom had already announced, well, formally announced the Resident Evil 4 remake. It had been re- rumoured previously. It had been rumoured for a long time, actually. Um, and it was initially M2 that were development. with the guys that did Resident Evil 3. Uh, the Resident Evil remake, so there was some concerns regarding it, but uh, Capcom instead they're now sort of a somewhat well-known second chance policy, where um they'll they'll take the game to the boards, uh, the board of directors they'll have a look at it and they'll say whether they like it or not. If they don't like it, they give it another year in dev, um, and then if it comes after that year in dev, looking good, then they'll go with it. If it doesn't, then they'll just completely start from scratch, which happened with Street Fighter 6, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, it's now Capcom internally developing Resident Evil 4. And um, I guess we'll just go around the boards um, and just kind of get our thoughts on what we thought of this trailer, which uh, I, I think people were hoping it was going to turn up, but didn't really expect it to. Uh, so we'll start with you, Liam. What, um, what, what were your thoughts on our Resi 4 trailer? I mean, one of the, the strange things about the Resident Evil 4 remake and the trailer is that on the one hand, we've had RE2R and RE3R, and this is just another one in the same vein. Hmm. So we can kind of look at those games and say, well, it'll probably turn out this way. But at the same time, remaking RE4, I feel, isn't the same as remaking RE2 or 3. Yeah. Like, there's just something about those games... We're so far away from the PlayStation 1 era and that type of game that you can remake it in a way that it's completely different. You know, like the, um, the gameplay and it, you're updating it so much that you really have a lot of leeway. Mm. But for, you know, PlayStation 2, I think there's a... Games now still resemble RE4 in a way, you know. It's not that long ago and we're still in the same sort of like um, the way that 3D games have evolved since then 
there's still a sort of recognizable similarity. So mm. it feels like you're updating something that like RE4 still is like the way it should be, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, not to say that like RE2 OG isn't amazing because it is. It's one of the best games ever. I mean, we've been quite clear about that on this podcast. <laughs> but yes. It, if you know what I mean, it feels like you're not updating anything, you're changing it. Whereas when you're remaking RE2, you're, you are kind of updating it, but the translation feels different. And it's hard to put into words just because it is a bit of a split in hairs. But the worry is that when you go and remake RE4, you're, you're kind of, are you changing things for the sake of changing it? Whereas with RE2, it's like, well, it's RE2, but it's over the shoulder, third person, you know, more like a modern RE game. Whereas RE4 still kind of feels like a modern RE game because right up until RE6, that's the way the games were. And it's really only RE7 and 8 that are that differ from that. And obviously RE2 yeah. and RE3 take their cues kind of from RE4, 5, and 6 a wee bit more. So, yeah, it, I think it looks amazing, though, to come back to like the trailer itself. I'm really excited. Leon looks incredible. Mm. Um, like his jacket looks fantastic. Um, I'm not too fussed about, you know, uh, Ashley's redesign. I think she looks good. Um, I don't miss the old design, although I think she's obviously changed a lot more than Leon has. She's not as equipped with as quite as large ballistics this time. It doesn't no. seem. And uh, I think it it RE4 is kind of a spooky game, but this looks like it's taken more of a a spookier aesthetic you know it's not that sort of it doesn't have those earthy brown tones it's got more sort of dark and, and blue and stuff and yes it's less like a sort of like um i've always felt that the original re4 has like a sort of a, a, a aggressive oppressiveness to it uh, it's very yeah. harsh whereas this one seems like a sort of creeping dread yeah um which i like quite a bit um but yeah so that, that's kind of where i'm at with it as a sort of quick you know comment on it um i'm happy to pass on to to johnny and 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 hear what what his impressions are yeah i would say that before the trailer i had a lot of similar thoughts because it is not really that big a difference to go from four to a modern game and Mm. especially village borrowed elements of four to to distinguish it from seven and those elements were quite appreciated by me anyway you know the loot and upgrading weapons and all that so re4 isn't that long ago and also obviously people don't know code veronica to the extent that they know re4 but Mm. code veronica is far more deserving of uh re2 style remake yeah It, it would be just ideal for i suppose for fans like us perhaps that would be what you would pick Maybe yeah. if you're trying to sell games, you would pick RE4. Exactly. So that was my opinion going into it. But when I saw RE4 in RE Engine, I was like, okay, I'm buying this. And just <laughs> immediately stopped thinking at all. So I do miss Ashley's design. Like, I, I love the old design. But I'll just, I'll play it. I think when RE2R came out, I didn't really get fussed about differences no. from the original. They're two different games. 
So I think that's just how I'll, I'll treat RE4. As everyone knows, I'm the world's foremost lover of RE4, which I'm now going to have to call the original RE4, which is going to yeah. be something to get used to. I think you're right as well um, when it comes to a couple of things. Like Obviously, um, with Ashley's design, the new one is more in keeping with the designs that came from 2R and 3R. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense to update it, and the, the original outfit would maybe stick out a wee bit. But yeah. Um, and then also Code Veronica is an interesting one because by remaking it, you'd get more eyes on it, on a game that I think deserves some attention, you know. And it also is an, an awkward one to play because it's straddling the line between the original RE games and 3D. Like, I think it's a gorgeous game, and I think it plays fine, but, you know, that gameplay was starting to show its age at that point, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. And then there's also things that attitudes have changed to certain things, and I think that Code Veronica could maybe tackle some of those issues that we had with the game when we played it, you know, because I think it, it's a great game. It's a an important part of the series, I think, because we, like we've said before, we don't really address Umbrella ever in the series. You know, it kind of, Umbrella falls apart behind the scenes, but this is your kind of look at, like, um, I forgot what their names are, but the... the Ashfords. The Ashfords and stuff like that. And um, this sort of weird Umbrella island that they had. So it's it's a bit more of a look at Umbrella, um, which I think that people maybe would enjoy. But obviously, like you said, 4 is the one everyone recognises. And that's what these remakes are kind of going for. And I could see them coming round to um, uh, Code Veronica later. That'd but be good. Yeah. If you were going to choose initially between do you want a 4 remake or a Code Veronica remake, Code Veronica makes more sense for, as a fan, but RE4 is always going to be the, the one that everyone's going to get excited about. The people who, who are going to come back to the series because they're like, oh, four's back so i'm gonna dip in and find out you know we're gonna buy the yeah. game regardless i think to, to take it back to like son you said earlier Liam, about like um it's you were talking you were kind of hinting that like there's a there's a difference between remaking re4 and re2 and it's like kind of the the distance that they game like the original ps1 games are quite distant now like there's like a, a bit of a sort of foggy memory to mm. in the in sort of general gaming culture whereas re4 was so enormous and impactful and that's no exaggeration. It genuinely was. That it's, yeah. it's absolutely steeped in the the general sort of overall gaming conscience. Yeah. Uh, where like even today, because it is it was such a huge influence on how three D games in general play, like three D action games everywhere. Never mind Japanese ones, yeah. like um, North American ones, like Gears of War definitely took after it. Um, so the fact that they're immediately going to this and then they're like. And it's all it's all in the the, the press um, spiel for it as well. It's like we know that RE four is one of the greatest games ever made. Like they, yeah. Capcom up, up front say that, but they're also saying, so how do we make it better? Um, so that they're they're giving themselves some a lot of rope that they may potentially hang themselves with here. Um, so and they're being, I, I love the trailer as well. By the way, just before like I think I. Any, everything you guys said, I've not really got much more to add in terms of like what was in the trailer. I thought it looked great. They're being really cagey, yeah. um, which I don't know if it's worrying or not. I'm pretty sure Capcom at this point must be supremely confident in what they can do. 
because um, they have some very talented people and RE Engine is unbelievable. Like it's such a great bit of kit. Um, it, it's, they've proven time and again it can do anything. Um, so the fact that they're like, we're going to show you, they, they, they spent a week teasing Leon's face. But they didn't show you all of Leon's face in the first trailer. They kind of did, but not all of it. And then they were like, at the Capcom showcase, they were like, here's Leon's face. And that was the big reveal, his face. Mm. Um, so the fact that they were confident enough, or were they? Were they, were, are they are, is there still some kind of internal, tur- internal turmoil going on with the game? I hope not. Um, but I've got a feeling we're probably not going to see true gameplay until much closer to launch. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing to do or not. You don't want to like give everybody blue balls for too long, especially with like, a game this important, you know? Well, I think one of the things that... Um, this isn't without context. So in mm. the context of 2 and 3 Remake, I think we know what the gameplay is going to be. Yeah. Like, you'd hope... Because they struck on such a perfect formula with two, and you really just need to say it's four, but we're doing it the way we did two and three has its issues, but we won't go into that because mm-hmm. we can litigate that another time. Um, here, here's the thing that I'm more interested about rather than the gameplay is how closely are they gonna follow the original? Because yeah. to me, you can liken remake and Resident Evil Four to Square Enix remaking Final Fantasy VII. Yes. It's that definitely. same sort of pedigree of game with mm. the same sort of uh, impact on the you know gaming culture and sort of it's in people's consciousness, like you say. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural touchstone for video games, mm-hmm. like, you know, Seven is to certain people or, you know, gaming as a whole. Um, so when you come to remaking it, how do you justify the existence of the remake? And uh, without being too spoilery for Seven, um, if you haven't played it, I guess you, you've had some time to do it anyway. But Seven isn't necessarily a straight remake. No. and uh, <laughs> Not at all. They, they justify the existence of it by bringing something new for people who have played the original game. And so with 4 Remake, do you do something similar where you change it so drastically that to call it a remake is kind of a misnomer? Or, um, you know, and like when you're coming to 4, what is sacred and what isn't? Mm. You know, because to me, there's just so much about 4 that relies on a certain... With seven, there's a lot you can change, and I think you can really aren't running the risk of damaging the core essence of seven because seven is part of now a wider story. You know, mm-hmm. there's things like Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus. There's a lot of lore to play around with, and um, the story itself is so convoluted, and there's so many characters that th- there's not a lot to get wrong. If you change something. It doesn't, you know, that kind of the change can get lost in in the rest of it, and it and it's a bit more resilient to change. Mm-hmm. Whereas four, you can strip down to like very basic touchstones. You've got Leon and his sort of uh, dialogue and attitude in, you know, Spain. The stuff that endears you to four are very specific things like the voice acting 
mm-hmm. or you know the enemies and stuff like that it's if you start changing these things you can very quickly find yourself very far away from resident evil 4 do you follow yes yeah. i think actually it's going to be a delicate balance because going from re2 to re2 remake is adding action yeah yeah but i think it's likely that they'll take Tone some of the action of four away when they remake four yeah and perhaps make it slightly slower paced um potentially remove the suplexes and that sort of thing it's it definitely seems that they're going for a more sort of subdued like somber tone because just going by the way leon looks in the trailer he looks he looks tired yeah uh, which he, he's, he's a he's an all-american hero in the original game and he's, he's constantly spitting one-liners he's very supremely confident in himself whereas like this one it seems like he's seen a lot of stuff that he shouldn't have seen which makes sense in the context but it's really going to make things different if that also follows through to his general attitude. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And in, in the original sort of timeline, if you want to call it that, um, that Leon does come about. Like, this sort of, like, uh, maybe he's got PTSD or he's obviously been through things. Mm. Um, but at this point in the original games, he was still kind of smarmy or, you know, mm. snarky. Um, and then obviously you see him in the movies and stuff and he's an alcoholic and... <laughs> But he, it looks now like alcoholic Leon because he's got the sort of bags under his eyes. Mm. He looks tired. He looks like he's he's been through shit, which he has been. But can you marry that with the dialogue from the original four? Yeah, I don't think they'll keep that dialogue. If I'm no. being honest, like, it doesn't seem like it. In the same way that they lost the sort of very cartoony, like Irons dialogue, and made yeah. him more into like a. Serial killer of the week. Yeah. I think I'd prefer if they did do that, if they just make it its own thing. Where yeah. If they make it too close to RE4, then I'll be like, well, I could just play RE4 and it's probably mm. going to have slightly better combat at expense of being old. Oh, actually, sorry, I had one little thing about Ashley. This, this is stupid. I know we're 20 minutes in, I shouldn't be talking about it. But you know how in RE2, Sherry and uh, Claire have got these very distinctive i'm gonna say anime again sort of outfits yeah they don't look like how people would dress and no i think ashley's clothes are sort of the last example of that where it's like this isn't clothes this is an outfit mm. whereas yeah. now everything's a lot more naturalistic and people somebody aren't designed these... her yeah it's not yeah. like yeah. so but I, I like it in a way but obviously we need to move on yeah i suppose i feel like um you're right when you say that the dialogue from four doing away with it and and that sort of tone that in a way does also justify this existing in a way if you're like well we want this to fit in with the remake games mm. it's like it's, it's like if you like you, you were saying about seven remake earlier it's, uh, the way that i view that game and also the, the way that i'm trying to view re4 at the moment is so it's basically just like what if we look at this set of events and these characters within it but we just look at it through a completely different lens um and just what would happen if the events were like this instead but like the the general the general sort of through line is still preserved in there but we do look at it through like a fisheye lens rather than a wide angle lens or something i don't know final fantasy 7 remake is obviously was a huge undertaking yes and 
I have absolutely no faith in Square Enix as a company. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of their games. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. But as a company, I have no faith in how they operate. And I have no faith in a lot of the creative decisions that they make sometimes. But mm-hmm. in, in terms of Final Fantasy VII Remake, I reckon they knocked it out of the park. It was yes. great. Um, on the other hand, at the moment, Capcom are probably one of, if not my number one developer, you know. I have absolute faith in a lot of the stuff that they're doing. Um, I think they've been consistently cranking out like some excellent games recently. They're in a sort of like second golden age almost of like Capcom. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I'm here looking at four and being like, I have so much faith in them, but I'm like, can they do it though? Like, it's strange. They've they have just come off of like completely reinventing the series with Resident Evil Seven and Eight, and I think that they were aware of what the series needs to be. So they've obviously have an understanding of what we want from Resident Evil, which means that they're probably best placed at this point in time to do a four remake. But um, funnily enough, before they made seven. Square Enix made Final Fantasy 15 and not to get too into that but I think that is the antithesis of what Capcom's been doing with Resident Evil that is a complete misunderstanding of what people would want from a classic Final Fantasy mainline game and doesn't work as a Final Fantasy title and then they turned around and put out 7 which I think is is excellent so I'm not saying 4 is going to be bad I just think that's interesting yes it's uh, like uh, I totally get where you're coming from like it's I think um, they're both uh, well specifically like let's like look if we compare R- the RE two remake to, R- to the Final Fantasy seven remake because they both came out roughly around the same time. The the example I'll make here is that both of them were made by fresh blood coming in, mm. their respective companies. That's people that played the original games and understand what made those games so impactful and good. Um, now you kind of have to take this with a, a bit of a, a pinch of salt, like you. Try not to let the inmates run the asylum. You don't want fans making stuff for fans. No, like without those fans, fans having a specific understanding of their own talents, mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise you just get playing fan service, which is not good. Um, then you're just getting like fan wank, and it's, it's just self indulgent. Re two remake and seven remake, by and large, are not self indulgent. They're genuinely well crafted, good stuff. So it's. I think that's what really makes a difference. You're getting talented people that, like, A, they respect the original property, but B, they know how to progress that into, like, a modern standpoint. And hopefully that also carries through to RE4. Um, it just depends on, like, if they've got... If the same people that um, loved RE2 so much also love RE4 that much that they can bring that same level of quality. Because from what I understand, it is most of the staff from the RE2 remake working on it now. Ah, um, actually, I've got two points before we move on. Mm-hmm. So first one is you guys have used up your Final Fantasy 11s for 2022 <laughs> on the podcast. Yes. And other one was in the original RE4, Leon's like a human joke machine. Yes. And now, post-Avengers, characters that are doing that are just annoying. So I think if they do have a more sedate Leon, we'll probably enjoy it more too. I mean, yeah. I know Capcom, they do have 
sort of Western writers, they come in uh, mm-hmm. to, so they'll write the scenario and then they'll get a, a Western writer to write the dialogue. And that's why Seven and Village um, did so well in terms of that side of the story. Mm-hmm. But, but I think it could go wrong if you just have Leon just constantly making jokes while you're looking at this very high quality RE engine horror around him. You just be like, Leon, what's wrong with you that you're just constantly joking about everything? Yeah, you're right as well. Like, um, graphics now are so realistic that back then you could have that stuff and it comes off a bit cartoony. Whereas mm-hmm. now it will have a, I'm going to call it like the stench of sort of Joss Whedonism to it. We live in a post Joss Whedon society now. We're all done with him, I hope. And that sort of like, it is that sort of like constantly cracking wise, isn't it? It's tiresome. Yeah, I think it certainly has a risk of it. Um, yeah. I recognise we're getting close to the half hour oh, mark and we've kind of burnt our powder a wee bit because we've talked about RE4. So I wouldn't say that the rest of the <laughs> announcements were quite as exciting, but, but why don't we go through them and just see how interested yeah, we are about them. Sure. Do we do we want to stick on the subject of Resident Evil? Because we can speak about uh, the Village um, DLC, or ra- rather uh, Village Gold Edition. Well, well, then that would leave us to end on Exoprimal. So so I want to start sure. with Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Um, okay. That's another known quantity. We're all excited for Sunbreak, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Definitely. So Rise obviously had a sort of Japanese horror element to it uh, with the yokai inspired monsters and Sunbreak's going to be western horror so it's like more the Castlevania of Monster Hunter mm. and one of the first announcements he did was that Gore Magala, the flagship monster of Monster Hunter 4 um, and 4 Ultimate had Seregios but yeah 4 was returning and that's a great sort of dark monster, it can't it's a bit like a liquor in that it hasn't got eyes, I think. Yeah, it's got the feelers instead. And it uses spores as well to sort of yeah. sense things. And it corrupts other monsters with its sort of uh, blight. Um, so I was totally hype for Gore coming back. And it uh, showed us a couple of other new monsters and new subspecies. And the demo uh, came out last week. So you can download it on your Switch or I think your PC. And... Uh, fight Malzino, which is the new sort of vampire monster. The flagship guy, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is they announced again, Capcom being the best are just going to keep doing free title updates after the game comes out, so you get a new version of Nargakuga in August and then they'll just keep giving title updates after that. So I don't know, what did everybody think of Sunbreak? I think I made it clear I was quite hyped, especially for fighting Gore. Uh, Dave, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely get it. I actually, I need to uh, do the pre-order on it. Uh, I was, I was holding out because I was, I was really hoping uh, to, to our uh, Lord God Capcom that uh, we would get a physical copy of it. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't appear to be happening because I would have held out for it for a, for a copy on the cartridge. But I, I, I get it. They want to try and maximise uh, the profits. So, quick. I mean, they've already made their money. But uh, they can they can certainly make make even more money on Rise if they want. Uh, but yeah, like it's it looks it's an entirely new game on top of a game they already released. 
Um, I never played Iceborne, so I've, I've not played one of these massive expansions yet. I mean, I, I played uh, Portable um, and Freedom Unite and all that kind of thing, uh, but I've never played one after the other in terms of like the base game plus the expansion yet, so this will be interesting. I'll need to actually get back into it because I, I didn't finish the the you know how they did the additional campaign missions with a true ending. I never finished those uh, for the original uh, release of Rise, so I'll need to do that because that is a requirement. You need to finish uh, the, the story missions in order to even be able to play Sunblessed. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm well up for some knights and vampires and um, die monster. You don't belong in this world. I'll, I'll definitely be back in it. I'll be bonking. All the monsters with my hammer. Loved hammer in that game, and hopefully love it again in Sunbreak. So I'll hand along to Liam now. Yeah, I don't have much to say. Um, I loved World, and I loved Rise, and Monster Hunter is one of those sort of series that'll never be like my main boy. Um, just because I I like you know there's other stuff that I like, not more. Um, but you know I put hundreds of hours in these games, and I'm always sort of keen for more. When, when they give it to me, so I'll play it and hmm. I'll I'll always you know rave about them I guess but um, yeah, so it, it's one of those games where it's like, that's going to be solid and I, 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 I you know that's really all I have to say about it Like, like you said, it's a, it's a known quantity you, you know it's yeah. going to be good, yeah Yeah, it's almost not exciting because you're yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Rise was good the, the team behind Rise and the uh, Ryozo, Sujimoto just make good Monster Hunter games, that's all they do so I'll get it when it comes out, but I suppose yeah, yeah there's not much decision making or or anticipation in terms of what's it going to be like it'll be good Monster Hunter obviously if Nintendo could give us a 1440p Switch so that I don't have to kill aliased monsters on my 4K TV, that'd be delightful but unlikely It's not happening this gen they've uh... It doesn't look like it anyway, put it that way. Alright, so the next one they announced, well, not announced because it had already been announced, but the next one they covered in the showcase was Street Fighter VI. So I'll say that, again, it's the Reach for the Moon engine, which just seems like is a guarantee that it's probably going to run quite well and with decent graphics. And they've gone now for the more realistic look. So I... First impressions is I'm going to get it. I read that it was going to be cross-platform, so I'm quite happy that I can just buy it on my Xbox and play with my friends instead of having to worry about whether to get it on PlayStation or PC or whatever. Mm. But looks good. The drive system seems to borrow a lot of elements from Street Fighter games that I like. So it's got sort of a focus attack from Street Fighter 4, which was quite an important move where you sort of were... Not invincible, but you had a uh, armor. Super armor. Yeah, and if you didn't get knocked out of your move, you were gonna be able to interrupt them and do a big combo. So it's got that, um, and it's got a couple of our old elements, uh, like V reversals from five and EX moves and all that. So the big one of what they was interested was uh, parrying's back, like proper parrying's back from third strike. So everybody was like, "It's like third strike," and then. Everybody that's actually played the game is like, it's not like Third Strike parrying. Uh, you, just so you know. But, uh, that was interesting to see that. Yeah, so what did you think of it, Dave? I mean, um, I always always like a bit of Street Fighter. Um, I'm, I'm no good at fighting games whatsoever. I'm, I'm pretty trash at them. 
But uh, I love about Street Fighter. I've, I've been playing it since two on the SNES, ever uh, since my uncle bought it. PlayStation uncle, of course. Um, that's a name we've not heard in a while. Um, I mean, what they've done with it is pretty phenomenal. Um, after like five seemed like a kind of like five is very esporty, uh, esportsy. Sorry, I suppose would be the real term. Uh, where they, they were very heavily leaning towards the competitive scene and like especially the the, the money making competitive scene. Uh, like the big end of it, rather than like where Street Fighter gets its roots for, which is in dingy, smoky arcades. Uh, whether that's in the US or Japan, or even to an extent over here, um, like that's how Third Strike go its roots. That's how, uh, that's how uh, Two Turbo go its stripes. All that, like that. These games grew up in like sort of tiny, dingy places, and that's where the competitive scene breeds. And like, uh, uh, that's always been the case for these kind of games. Um, so it's good to see them kind of t- like a, like a, one of the overriding things I've seen online is it's putting the street back in Street Fighter, and like they're 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 taking that to heart like in the terms of how it's visually represented. So like it does use the RE engine and it does have like somewhat realistic visuals, but um it's it has a more sort of like um anime esque style to it. Uh, so the the characters look less like real people and more like characters. Which they should because it's it's a, a, a street fighting game. It's not like a real fighting thing like a UFC game or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, like um, any stuff any stuff about the mechanics you've kind of already said, Johnny. Like uh, the drive system does seem really interesting. Um, obviously, we talk. I talked roughly a little bit about um, the third, uh, the second chance policy. Capcom have there was rumours that Ono had two versions of this game in development back in before pandemic, which one of them had a tag mechanic apparently. And he took that to the board, and they immediately shot it down, and that's why Ono left Capcom because he was forced out, uh, because his versions of Street Fighter Six were shit. Um, but now it's the guys that did season five of Street Fighter Five, which was very highly praised by pretty much everybody that plays it, um, and they are now the director and executive producer. I can't remember their names, but uh, again, new bloods in Capcom, understanding what made old games great bringing it into like the newer generation and making something that respects what this franchise is all about as well as advancing it into the future and creating new fans as well as welcoming old fans back into the fold but yeah like have you seen much street fighter 6 Liam? i know you're you, you did play four a bit back in the day yeah. but i'm not too fast no no <laughs> fair enough no that's cool um as I say, fighting games not for everybody. Um, and you're more of a Tekken guy, anyway, aren't you? Uh, I love Tekken. <laughs> Tekken all day. Uh, I don't really do 2D fighters. I've just never really been able to get my head around them. But mm. uh, Tekken's a, a different sort of beast. Yeah, I'm hoping that they'll announce Tekken 8 soon. That would be nice to see. Um, mm. I, I'm a big, I'm, I like Tekken 7 myself, but like it's it's now getting a bit long in the tooth. So it'd be nice to see a bit of new Tekken out there, hopefully, hopefully this year. With a with a smaller roster, uh, I think that's a given. Yeah, how how many how many characters in seven? Too, is it? too many. Fifty. Jesus. Um, the next two, we can just combine. So the Capcom Fighting Collection is out next week, and that includes the first non arcade release of Red Earth, along with another of other Warzard, as it's called in Japan. Yeah, other other Capcom arcade gems, mm. and also the Capcom arcade. Stadium has got a new release, so Capcom Arcade Second Stadium. So it's going to have a number of uh, 
again, Capcom arcade games. I think they gave away Street Fighter 2 for free. Yeah, get, it's a World Warrior, so it's been first released Street Fighter 2, but free game. So that was pretty good. Uh, the next one I wanted to talk about was Exo Primal. So that's what they did <laughs> next. So this is such a weird one. I mean, again, it's RE Engine. Looks like they're making it in-house. They haven't got Neobards to work on it or whatever. Yeah. But it's going to be like a mix between an Overwatchy type game, but also competitive PvE. So it's two teams with the same abilities fighting dinosaurs, and the one who fights the dinosaurs the best wins. wins. So it's it's strange. Like I'm less enthused about it being PvPvE than I was when I thought it was maybe a sort of Left for Dead type game um i'll still yeah. give it a go but i can't see myself getting seriously invested in it but still it's nice to see them doing something interesting but it's probably not going to be my cup of tea did you notice that uh, the, they did not have that regina character in the trailer this time because i think they knew they, they probably realized they fucked up doing that last time because uh, it, it made everybody think it was dino crisis and that's not dino crisis not at all so uh yeah uh, I've I've not really got much to say about Exo Primal to be honest. It's it's not something I'm gonna play. I mean, I'll, it's it looks really stupid, but in a good way, kinda. Uh, I'm sure it'll find its audience. Uh, Liam, have you got much to say about Exo Primal? Um, not really. Uh, I think it looks interesting, but I'm I'm not. It's not one that I've really paid much attention to. Mm. Like, there's a risk of it going in a sort of Umbrella Chronicles type direction. Yeah, that's. Uh... Where it's just like Capcom stick to what you're good to, but yeah. I suppose Umbrella Chronicles has the issue. Not Umbrella Chronicles. I'm talking nonsense. What's the other? What's the Umbrella Core? Umbrella, Umbrella Core. Core. Yeah, it's like that had the issue of attaching, obviously, a big franchise to it. So at least Exo Primal doesn't have any expectations attached to it from its name. If it was Dino Crisis uh, online or something, it would be. Well, a big mistake, so it's good it's its yes. own thing. But yeah, well, maybe you might hear from us about it again if it turns out to be interesting. If it's F2P, significant. You'll, you'll hear about it if it's F2P. <laughs> While we're talking about bad games, I'll skip to something that came later, which is that Reverse still exists. And yes. <laughs> I think it should not exist, even if they made it better. I just don't do it. Let the people go on garden leave and they brush up their CVs or whatever, I mean, just no, I don't want Reverse, even if Reverse is good I still don't want it, just no no, okay, so who who, has, who wants to say something about Reverse? No, no <laughs> I think we maybe talked about it before yeah, right. when we were talking about Village I believe, yeah, it's been so long in the making and it's always looked dreadful um, that the fact that it's coming out almost is bad news. So. Yeah, yeah. My note says Reverse still exists, which is a shame. <laughs> but really, the, the, the meat of uh, coming swiftly on from Reverse is the Village DLC, which looks really, really cool. Which uh, I keep wanting to call uh, Rule of Rose. But... Oh, that would be great. That would <laughs> it's, be it's fucking not... amazing. But yeah, like, uh, they announced it like last E3, and then they went totally silent on it. Um, and it popped out, it, it, not out of nowhere, but um, 
the new chapter looks really crazy and interesting. Um, yeah. So, but we'll take it one by one here. Like, so the new chapter stars Rose um, as the main character, and she, for what I understand, like it's some kind of mostly like a psych- psychological like narrative journey rather than like an action game type thing. That's what it seems to be like. Uh, I think it'll still get... have action, but she's in a mind. She's not actually in the real world. I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it's she's trying to get rid of her own megamycete or mutamycete powers uh, or something like that because she's afraid of being. She's tired of being seen as a freak by her by her um, um, associates. So yeah, the thing that um, excites me the most about this DLC, mm. and it, it sort of continues on from a discussion we had on our Resident Evil Eight episode which nobody has listened to because it's four hours long um but in there we sort of mused on whether or not this the follow-up to resident evil 8 would be a game about rose or if it could be a game about anything else and the fact that they're doing this rose dlc within eight means that resident evil 9 is now opened up to be potentially about chris going and um i've forgotten what the uh at the end of eight, they sort of hinted that Chris might go and tackle the BSAA, who are obviously doing something dodgy. Yeah, they had like bioweapon soldiers. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So now that could potentially be what uh, nine is about, and we could maybe see the return of uh, possibly Jill or something like that, you know. That's exciting because I don't think Rose would, um, you know, Ethan's story ended nicely, mm-hmm. and the Rose thing makes sense as a DLC, and it looks really interesting. But I, I didn't really want to skip so far ahead into the future for the next Resident Evil mainline title because that sort of, at that point, what age would Chris and Jill and that be? Yeah, you know, um. So, yeah, I think, that, to me, that's the most exciting thing about this. I, I, I think it looks really interesting. And also the, the fact that we know from 8 that they can do interesting things with different types of gameplay. Yeah. Because they did, um, you know, you've got the castle sort of classic Resident Evil gameplay with uh, the castle and Domitrask, and then you go on and you do the sort of more psychological thing in uh, the house with the dolls and stuff like that. So, yeah. If they treat it sort of the way that they treated each different aspect of eight and say, now we're going to explore something else, that's interesting too. The only thing I had a reservation about was it looked like the Duke was an antagonist now. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, don't make the Duke a bad guy. I'm hoping that that's not like canon, that it's just like a perception. Yeah. Because in eight, he kind of felt like a free agent, sort of, he didn't really have, he didn't really pick a side. Yeah, it's kind like of a neutral to make party, a buck, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I feel like maybe if they sort of try and ride that line, he's not necessarily uh, a villain, but he's more sort of grey. Yeah, I mean, in the original game, he was quite happy to help Ethan. Obviously, he was yeah. charging him for the privilege, but he was quite jovial about it, and yeah, it seemed like he did wish him good luck that kind of thing yeah. and when Ethan asked him what he was he's like I don't even know what I am and it's like wow so mysterious but yeah. I just hope they don't just ruin to it. save assets ruin his character kind of thing because mm. 
why would he be nice to you for the whole game and then be like, years later, I'm going to mess with your daughter? Yeah. Uh, but uh, still, the the premise and the fact that it has freed up the story, not having to go down yeah. that route in the mainline games is good as well. Unless what we find out is, um, why was he so nice to Ethan? And maybe it was that he was trying to get Ethan's daughter. And the only way he could see to do it was to help Ethan save her himself. Yeah, maybe. And now, years later, he's seen an opportunity to come back and sort of get what he wants. Which could be something to do with the, you know, the mute in my seat or, or, you know, there's, Ethan's goal was to save his daughter. And in the base game, the Duke is assisting Ethan to do that. But what was his motivation for helping Ethan? Mm. So I, come back in five months and listen to us discuss the DLC and then yeah, tell you. So. Yeah, the the other bit of the DLC that interests me, like uh, before we talk about the mercenaries, because there's not much to talk about in terms of the mercenaries, but and there's not much to talk about in terms of like the other bit either. But it's more about the applications yet that I think is that they're adding a third person mode to the base game mm. um, because uh, Shadows of Rose is also third person, but this makes the entirety of Village third person, which, I'm, I mean, I get it, right? But also I kind of feel like it's removing the identity of the original game a wee bit, because I've always yeah. felt like the Ethan games are the first person games, because that's yeah. Ethan's thing. And it kind of takes away a wee bit. Of, like, it's cool that they're adding all these new animations and that kind of thing, and they're making it work, but uh, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. Yeah. And then narratively as well, not really knowing who Ethan was until the end. They kind of, they played on the fact that Ethan felt like an everyman. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, you find out that he's, he's as far from it as you could be. He's like the man, you know, mm. he's super powered. And um, now I guess, well, maybe now they feel like since that's out there, they can safely say like, Ethan can be more than just a, uh, a blank template for us to imprint on. Yeah. You know, time yeah, to sort of... Because, you know, there's been, like, uh, images of his face gone about and stuff like that before. Mm. Um, maybe that's why I don't necessarily see it as something that anybody really wanted. You know, nobody yeah. was clamoring for a third-person mode. Um, it just seems... Okay, I guess if they think, well, we're putting it in there for Rose anyway, we might as well use that work in the full game but it's an odd one i don't know i don't mind i just don't care there is a subset of people who do sort of want it who suffer during first person gameplay and as someone who can't play vr i can sort of sympathize with them i'm glad that i don't find the motion of first person re games disorientating that is something people were asking for was vr support for village and it's coming with vr too I can't even begin to fathom playing ben- House Benevento in VR. That that was fucking terrifying originally. Too much. I don't even want to think about playing that in VR. Yeah. I suppose you'd be prepared for it a bit more. Imagine playing the whole game blind in VR. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, I had a point about uh, third person Ethan. I noticed that in his animations, his face still isn't very exposed. Yeah. So in other games in the series when someone gets in some kind of grapple animation or whatever they sort of turn their face towards the the third person camera and sort of show their face and how they're reacting to it 
Whereas the feeling I got from the trailer was that you still don't quite see him as much as you would. Mm. Like Leon, for example, in RE4, getting chainsawed, you can like see a lot of his face. And I felt like this maybe was still covering up a wee bit. Do you think they'll save like a full face reveal for him at the end of the the Rose DLC, where she like presumably she'll meet him at the end or something like that, uh, and they'll they'll finally show his face? Do you reckon? I thought you saw one? his face during the ending of Village, if I'm not remembering. No, you you only saw it very slightly, like the lower half of his face or something. They they had it really well; it was actually incredibly well cut. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm fairly convinced that they'll they'll save it to right to the end of the the DLC. But they might not. I don't know. He might be a forced ghost. Like uh, oh, no. Jack. Oh, actually, yeah, no. that, that's actually not unlikely. So come back True. in November to hear if Ethan was a, a forced ghost and spoke to his daughter. John the zombie. So I suppose the last part you'd hinted at, Dave, is mercenaries' additional orders. Yeah. So Chris, Lady D, and Heisenberg are all going to be playable in mercenaries, and it looks like. Dimitrescu can choke slam people like a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, like it's the original mercenaries in village was cool. Um, it's pretty brutal. Um, I think you did. You end up S ranking everything, Liam. I think you did. No, you? Uh, it's the last trophy I need to get the platinum, ah. and I've never really been that fussed about getting it. Um, I need to go back and do it. It'll take some time. Yeah, but mercenaries is a lot of fun. But I don't like. Uh, I don't like trophies that I have to get outside of the main game. Mm. I managed to do it for um, in RE2 with the Tofu mode or whatever you call it. What was that one called? Fourth Survivor and Tofu Survivor. Yeah, and that was, was a lot of fun. I liked yeah. that mode more than I liked the Mercenaries in uh, 8. But it's good. It's great. Um, they actually just added Mercenaries to VR for RE4 as well. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, so in RE4 VR, they've got the new Mercenaries mode, and I was playing that just the other night, and and that's a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, more Mercenaries is always good for people who play that, you know. I see. I'm not a big achievement hunter, but I did SSS all the Mercenaries just because I got it in my head that I should. And it's a strange one because once you get the pattern, it's almost not a challenge. You just have to not drop that combo. Whereas when I was playing RE4, it felt a lot more frantic because it didn't feel like there was a set route. Mm. Something different happened each time you did it. Whereas in the Village, it's very much go left here, shoot him, go up here, shoot that barrel. And once you've got the pattern down, it doesn't matter if you mess it up. You just do it two more times and you get your SSS. But uh, I'm overall quite positive about the, the Winter's Collection. I'll probably get it on the 28th of October when it comes out mainly for the Rose DLC uh, yeah, and, and also because we're going to talk about it I assume yeah. oh yeah definitely but, so you, you guys also picking up the DLC day one? most likely I would imagine oh yeah. definitely yeah um, oh. I think to maybe wrap up there's one thing that I think we're speaking for all of us they, they announced um PlayStation 5 versions of RE2, RE3, and yeah. uh, 7. Yes. Um, and 2 has is what I've tried, but they have added ray tracing, and they've, they apparently fixed the HDR. Is that what you said, Dave? Uh, 
Um, no, just, they've not. But it looks. It still looks off to me. Yeah. So the HDR is not fixed. They still got that grey blacks issue. However, the ray trace mode has a new global illumination system, which right. does fix the colours, but it's only in the ray trace mode. Okay. Um, so like it's very subtle, but yeah. the, the the game is com- lit completely differently, like in yeah. terms of how it's lit, but it looks only very slightly different. It's a, it's an odd one. I just found um, I I just prefer it the way it was. Yeah, I didn't, don't see the need. Um, but it's a nice option for people who do want that stuff. Also, it's, it comes oh. with uh, quick resume on Xbox, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. addition. Yeah, and the loading's way quicker on all consoles now. It's great actually. Mm-hmm. Um, what is interesting, like I was re- I was watching a video uh, from NX Gamer about it earlier today. Both the high frame rate uh, versions, so like 120 hertz mode, and the ray trace mode, both of them are 4K, like full fat 4K, with no dynamic resolution. That's nice. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, like there's not much to say about them. I've not tried the ones for three or seven because I don't actually own a physical copy of seven anymore, and I don't really want to play three. Uh, but yeah, like I've been playing two and 120 hertz most of the time, which is really nice. Really yeah. much enjoying that. Does it help with Birkin? I've not got to Birkin yet. I was I was only testing it the other night, and I, then I started playing the original RE2 uh, because I can't let go of the past. You would assume like they would patch the the frame rate knife swing thing when they added 120 hertz mode to console, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. we'll, we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that kind of covers the Capcom showcase. Um, we've obviously went into other wee topics and all that kind of thing. There, there was more at E3. Uh, the only other thing that Capcom announced was uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, but there's literally nothing to talk about other than it's happening, it's happening. And, it's been, and it's been made in the RE engine, and that's it. Yeah. So there's not much to say. Other than that, it'll probably be good. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. And uh, we don't want to get into other stuff too, like other stuff at all, really, because we've already been talking for an hour. Uh, but yeah, uh, look forward to our next episode, which we've not decided yet. Um, but we should be back on a more regular schedule now. Uh, so we'll be back in uh, hopefully four weeks for you guys. Uh, mm. So um, keep your eyes on the prize, and the prize is us talking about video games. Um, in a long form, free form, and that's that's great as far as we are concerned. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can yeah, obviously still follow back. us. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. And you can obviously still follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, at the same addresses previous. So it's R- at RPD Podcast on um, Twitter, and it's RPD Podcast on Facebook. But until next time, see you later. Bye. Catch you later.